0: Let's go out to Las Vegas and talk a little Big 12 basketball with Greg Peterson. He is part of the Vegas Stats and Information Network. He's also the host of Hooping with Hoops, which you can find anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Pete Mundo, we're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you joining us and being a part of the show. Before we get to Greg, please take a moment out. It'll take you uh, 30 seconds, maybe a minute, to leave us a rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. It does help us tremendously. And as a show of appreciation, I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. If you just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, I will send you that koozie in the mail. I promise you guys I'll do it, and it will mean the world to me. So thank you for that. Now, Greg, let's get right to it here and discuss Baylor, KU. Who are you taking right now for a deeper run in March?
1: I think that it's actually going to be Kansas, just because with Kansas, you've got a little bit more guard play. I like the way that Isaiah Moss is able to shoot from three-point range. So they've got a lot going on with that regard, and having Yudoka as a Azebuki healthy and good to go is huge. Right now, leaves leads all of college basketball with regards to goal shooting percentage at over 75%. We saw what this team was able to do when he was healthy. We saw what he was able to do when he was healthy a few years ago. This team was able to make a deep run in March. I think that he's a little bit of an X factor with regards to Kansas being able to make that run.
0: So with this Baylor Bears team then, Greg, I mean, what are you looking at them and saying, uh, I want to see more out of them? Because the Baylor fans are going to be sitting there and saying, hey, we're undefeated in conference play. We've beaten KU at their house. What more do we have to do for Greg Peterson to be happy with us?
1: I mean, Kansas is a team that they're a little bit more of a known commodity, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And with Baylor, they certainly have had their ups. I mean, this is a team that has won like 20 straight games, they have overcome all challengers. They wound up going into the fog, and they wound up being able to get a win. Here's the thing, though. When they have their back up against the wall, are they going to be able to hit those clutch 3 you You've got a team that's made up of a bunch of transfers. But Teague, Davion, Andrews, guys like that, the guy that comes over from Auburn. It's one of these situations in which I'm just unsure if they necessarily have that moxie to be able to get it done in March and we've seen it just time and time again with Scott Drew, whereas with Bill Self, he's been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Greg Peterson's
0: joining us. So, you know, Greg, as you look around this conference right now, it seems to be broken up in the teams that you know are going to be solidly in the NCAA tournament and that teams that won't. Uh, Texas Tech, of course, makes the run to the national championship game last year, comes up short. They're back in the top 25 this week. What do you make of the Red Raiders and, and what kind of potential March run Chris Beard's team can have after last year's magic?
1: I think that this is a bunch that's gonna be able to make a good run in March if they can just continue to play the way that they are. Big reason why you've got quite a few guys that be able to step up. Terrence Shannon along with Jamarius Ramsey have been able to come in and do a very good job for this team. And then you've got David Amoretti, one of the constants from last year. A guy that's able to shoot very well from three-point range, 90% free throw line. Now with Texas Tech, your big trepidation with the team is the fact that you don't necessarily have that one guy that's super huge, is able to give you a bunch of rebounds. So that is a little bit of an issue, but I think that the way that Chris Beard was able to maneuver this team, they were able to play some very good positions basketball last year. I think he's going to be able to do the same this year, and Chris Beard, is proving to be one of the best coaches in all of college basketball.
0: Well, speaking of a fan base that's saying, hey, uh, we've got one of the best coaches in college basketball, the West Virginia Mountaineers have got to be feeling that way, Greg. So this team is in the top 15. they got to be feeling good about their prospects. Uh, Forget where the season is. How surprised are you by what Bob Huggins has done with this group of guys this year? He's done it before, but how does this year feel
1: different? The fact that they're not playing that pressing style makes it feel oh so different because West Virginia in the past, they were a squad that they were playing games in which you thought that it was just like a fire draw out there, the way that they were just felling like crazy, trying to get all these steals. It's been a little bit more calm this year. It's because you've got Derek Culver and Oscar Sheboy. Both these guys average at least 8.9 rebounds per game. Only other team in college basketball that has dual. That has two guys averaging at least 8.9 rebounds per game. That would be the Billkins of St. Louis. Now with West Virginia, you need to see a little bit more out of the three-point shooting. Guys like Miles McBride are nice pieces, but it can be a little bit of a miss. It's a big reason why they were unable to pull out that game on Saturday against Oklahoma. But when you've got two guys down low, Ichibwe and Culver, a great home-court advantage, and just all that this team is able to do down low, it's going to make this team dangerous. Mm -hmm.
0: Greg Peterson's joining us. He's uh, part of the Vegas Stats and Information Network. He's also host of Hooping with Hoops, which you can find anywhere you get your podcast. Greg, what do you do with Shaka Smart if you're the Texas Longhorns?
1: I don't think you can keep him around any longer. I mean, it's just been too much time he's gotten in his players, and they just haven't been able to step up to the plate. I mean, what happened to the havoc defense mm-hmm. that made him so successful at VCU? I understand that it's a bigger school; it's a little bit harder to get buy-in. At least give it a shot, though. I mean, it made him so successful when he was out there with VCU. It's as as if he punted on it before it even started. So I'm just not sure what's going on with Texas. He just has not been able to get the buy-in. The NIT run might have actually saved him last year for another year. He hasn't been able to take off with it this year. It's just really been a bad situation. This is a Texas team that it looks like they're trying to hang their head on defense, but they give up so many points when it matters the most, and the offense just has never gotten going.
0: So Greg, I mean, where would you look? People are already speculating in terms of, you know, who are coaches Texas would potentially look into. You know the entire college basketball landscape in this country as well as any. Is there an obvious place for Athletic Director Chris Del Conte to look if uh, Texas is in the market for a basketball
1: coach? I think you'd probably be wanting to look at some of these mid-major coaches. I mean, you even take a look at some of these guys are having success at like Dayton and San Diego state or Brian Dutcher. How about what he's been able to do? Is he going to leave San Diego state? I'm unsure, but I mean the way that San Diego state is undefeated right now, he's going to be out commodity. You've got Anthony grant at Dayton. He's already coached in the power five. I believe that he used to coach at Alabama. You was coached at ironically enough. VCU earlier as well. He's doing a great job with the Dayton bunch. And unlike shock smart, at Dayton, right now they're hanging their hat on offense, and that's something that could be very beneficial because we're noticing it in the Big 12. It's very much a defense-oriented conference this year. You really don't have that team that is playing at warp speed. It's all these teams that are really just pounding things into the ground, really playing low and slow, and maybe someone like that could bring some life into Texas and make them really stand out in the Big 12 like they should be. Greg
0: Peterson's joining us. Greg, as you look at the bottom of this conference, you know you have Iowa State, who wins the Big 12 tournament last year and is really struggling this year. Oklahoma State, Kansas State at the bottom of the Big 12 right now. Which one of these teams has been most disappointing to you in the season that they're having?
1: It has to be Iowa State. You expected a lot out of this team because Therese Albert, who now unfortunately is out for the year, was really supposed to be the guy that was going to carry the mail for the team. And he was doing a great job. He was leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists, but you just weren't able to get anything around him. Michael Jacobson. Where has this guy been? Seven mm-hmm. points or fewer in each of the team's last five games. Able to give the team a couple of rebounds, but you need a little bit more out of a guy like that. You had Prentice Nixon come in from Colorado State, wound up sitting out a year. He has been shooting under 35% from the three-point range. He was at Colorado State, a guy that was able to give you 17 points on any given night. But a single-digit scorer this year. Receiver year, Bull was able to step up after he transferred over from Penn State. But other than that, you really just don't have much with Iowa State. Steve Prom, time and time again, has done a great job of being able to coach up the guards. But what about the low post play? you right now, just have none of it with the Cyclones. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, at Oklahoma State, Mike Boynton is is 2-9 and nine in conference play. He's got a great recruiting class coming in. But how much heat should he be feeling in
1: Stillwater right now? I would say not a ton, just because... You are still in a little bit of a honeymoon stage. He was dealing with an injury to his point guard, Isaac, like Kelly as well. He was out with an illness through much of December. And we've seen this team look vastly different with them fully healthy. I mean, They haven't been able to knock off Baylor, but they were close in both of those games. They get a nice win against Kansas State as well on the road, which is a little bit of a rubber stamp. And we've seen them, when they're fully healthy, be able to reach their peak potential when they go on the road. Not off a Houston team that ranks number one with regards to rebound rate and is a team that made the second week of the NCAA tournament last year. So I actually do think that Oklahoma State has some redeeming qualities. They're still a young team. It's just been a little bit of a transition because last year, Lindy Waters, Thomas Zoller, these guys were all hitting a bunch of threes. This year, it's just been a little bit of a new look team.
0: Do you think, Greg, that Oklahoma State made the right decision in Boynton, or were you more on the Doug Gottlieb bandwagon?
1: I wasn't necessarily on the Doug Gottlieb bandwagon. I probably would have looked a little bit more for door number three, and that would be just someone completely different. Because with Mike Boynton, this is a guy that prior to getting this job with Oklahoma State, he was an assistant at Stephen F. Austin. Not even a head coach, an assistant. He was an assistant for one year in the Big 12 under Brad Underwood. They promote him to being their coach. I thought that that was very interesting to say the least. I think that this is a spot in which you probably look for maybe a guy that had been doing a little bit more out there with a mid-major rather than staying within. And then I just, what would Doug Gopley have done? I just would not have trusted him whatsoever. We've seen some of these former players like Patrick Ewing have success. Doug leave design. That's how you do it for me.
0: All right, fair enough. So, uh, when you look at it right now, there, Greg, and, and you're looking at this conference, how many NCAA tournament teams do you see? I mean, Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia seem like locks. Does Oklahoma have a shot? And then it drops off, or do you see maybe more than that?
1: I certainly do think that Oklahoma is going to find their way into the NCAA tournament as well. And the big thing with Oklahoma is that they play smart basketball. With regards to fouls per game committed. They rank in the top ten in the country with that regard. They don't put you on the free throw line. They don't turn the ball over. I think that that's going to be key for Oklahoma's really getting a couple of wins and being able to get into the NCAA tournament. Pat said it's a little bit more of a situation, as you mentioned, with Oklahoma State, Kansas State, all these teams. They're going to have to win their conference tournament to be able to make the NCAA tournament. No question about it. And then you expected more out of TCU this year. They have fallen off the map, really. The ones that we mentioned, plus Oklahoma are the only teams I could really see being able you to know, make the NCAA tournament at this point. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he's uh, Greg Peterson. He does awesome work. We appreciate him joining us here on the show. If you are a college basketball fan, not just Big 12, if you're a college basketball fan, you got to be following this guy, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. He's part of the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Also his podcast, Hooping with Hoops. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Greg, great to have you on talking some Big 12. Really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Pete, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you.
0: Greg Peterson, good stuff out of him from Las Vegas. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks to Greg for a few minutes. Really appreciate his time. And please, before you close out of the podcast, leave us a quick rating, review, uh, subscribe to it. Really appreciate that. It'll take you 30 to 60 seconds to do it. And I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in return if you do that for me. Just send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Really appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon.